It's the Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and joining us live in studio now, it's the chair of the South Burlington School Board, Kate Bailey. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Uh, so, again, second first-time guest on the show in a row here, right after the Commissioner of Corrections. Uh, Kate's a first-time guest on the show. So, let's start out, before we talk about some of the issues at the South Burlington School Board, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, what you do, what made you decide to run for school board, and how long you've been on the school board. All right. Well, my name is Kate, and I live in South Burlington. I was elected to the school board in March of 2022, so I'm finishing out my my first term. I'll be up for re-election in March, and um, I moved to South Burlington in 2017. I I went to St. Mike's back in the day and uh, left Vermont, moved around a bit, came back home to Vermont in 2017, and... what made me run, I have a lot of friends. I don't have children myself, um, but I have a lot of friends who are parents and, and teachers. And, you know, COVID has really uh, done a number on our students and our schools. And my background is in health policy. And um, a lot of my parent friends who wanted to be involved and were really engaged in the school board uh, policies said they didn't have the time. And, and I felt like I, I did have the time because I, because I don't have kids. I'm not actively parenting. So um, I ran, and there were three of our five open seats back in 2022. So we have um, a lot of new members on our school board. We have a small school board of only five, and many of us are new. And um, so that, that's what brings me here. That's a little bit of a summary of how, how we no, got that's here. That's great. Yeah. Now let's t- talk about the – there's been some controversy in South Burlington recently – and hopefully you can shed some light on it. I was trying to read and understand what was going on. Um, some members have resigned. What, from your angle, what's what's your perspective on what's the controversy on the school board right now and why there has been some resignations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had, uh, most recently we had uh, Brian Companion resign. And, you know, he wrote a resignation letter. You'd have to ask him specifically about more details of his resignation, but he um, has basically, I think, in summary, said he didn't enjoy the work, which is understandable. It's a lot of work, and it's pretty um, hard. It involves a lot of difficult conversations, and uh, South Burlington School Board in particular and the district in general is just going through a lot of big transitions coming out of COVID. Uh, We have a new superintendent, a lot of new school board members. Transitions, I think, are particularly hard they bring up more conflict and um, discomfort than normal. And uh, so there were some resignations before my time. There was one last year and then this one. And I I think that they're all uh, unrelated except for the fact that they highlight that there's a lot of work to be done and it can be overwhelming. Companion said in his, in his letter of resignation, I guess he submitted it to you as the chair. Was that correct or not? It is addressed to me, yes. Okay, I mean, just because he was submitting it to someone as as a resignation letter. Yep. And he said uh, part of it was, um, I'm reading from an article in uh, VT Digger, and he said part of it was lack of respect and civility at board meetings for the reason for his departure, or at least part of it. 
Is he talking about, and I'm not asking you to speak for him, but just, yep. do you know, is he talking about from the public, like in public forums or other board members? Or what was he referring to? Do you know? Yeah, I wish I could. Um I don't know, know if really he's some saying. some some light on that. I think that our board meetings have been um, stressful. What I've decided to to do as chair is redesign our agendas and make them more predictable. Have our public comment um, come at the beginning of the of the meeting so that it's predictable and um, consistent and there's been a lot of um, inconsistency in our meetings which I think adds to stress if you don't know when I don't know what's going to happen and I'm sitting in a meeting that's recorded and live for three hours it can just bring up a lot of heightened emotions and um, I think that's been really difficult for probably for all five members but um, I think that might be what, what part of what Brian's referring to. Yeah, I just I couldn't tell from the letter if he was referring to incivility from the public in the meetings or or something else. Yeah, but, I, I think that the word incivility can mean a lot of different right. things to a lot of different folks. Um, you know, as a as a younger woman, when I'm talking, I think um, the way that I'm giving feedback and holding people accountable may be interpreted differently than if I was somebody else. So. Did you become chair, because you became chair, you've only been on the board for a little while, so it's a little unusual, but did you become chair because someone because of a resignation? So um, Alex McHenry was our chair until August, and then um, he uh, stepped down from the chair role and, and nominated me, and then I was uh, elected into the chair role. Got it. Um, and before that, in uh July, um, I brought up some concerns publicly about the way that um, he was chairing our board meetings, like I mentioned earlier, with some inconsistencies and um, in our agenda planning, in our communication that I wanted to address. I think it's my responsibility as a, a public servant to um, share me back and hold us accountable to our policies. Right. Can you give us an example of like an inconsistency, what you might be talking about? Sure. So... Um, our agendas previously have said um, public comment at the beginning of the meeting is for items not related to the agenda. And then there's no place on the agenda that says public comment for items related to the agenda. And so the way that um, we as board members engaged with the public in uh, meetings has felt inconsistent to me. So sometimes we call on folks who are in the room. Sometimes a part of this too is just getting used to the post COVID hybrid meeting world. Yeah. So, um, you know, giving people that are virtual the same amount of time as folks that are in the room and having a clear understanding that it's a, it's a public meeting and we want folks to observe and engage with us, but also it's not a discussion. It's not a forum with the public consistently. So if you bring up an issue, we're probably not going to have answers right then and there probably going to need to come back to you. And, um, so, you know, it's hard to have this back and forth. And sometimes when we have that back and forth once, there's an expectation that we're always going to have answers and have discussion with the public. And uh, that can be stressful. Well, and, and we've just watched in, a, in another public meeting, like, you know, I, I think that <clears throat> you've got to have structure. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And it and and because uh, as we watched in you know Burlington City Council meetings have become uh, Monday night must watch TV on YouTube. Mm. But um, 
But the the structure is very important. You know, the public knows when they're going to speak. They know how much time they have. And then and then, you know, if there's if there's a comment period um, and I think you're right uh, when we talk to other individuals in public meetings, the hybrid model now, it seems like technology is cumbersome. You know, it's like, OK, well, you can be there virtually. All right. Well, now we've got people signing up virtually. We've got to manage all that. And if there isn't any structure to it, I can see where it would it, just going in, not knowing um, probably makes it far less efficient as well. Right. And I did notice that you were you were uh, nominated and then elected unanimously by the other board members to take the chair seat. So I just wanted to point that out. So you must have some some support from the existing board now. Uh, how do you feel through the. The resignations and things. Um, where do you see uh, the school board going forward? How do how do you feel like it's it's going now? Yeah. Well, one of the first things that I did just to address your earlier point is, um, you know, I looked at our our agenda structure and compared it to a lot of other similar boards um, and similar towns in our in our community, and just took this agenda structure that had kind of been inherited and evolved over the years that we were sort of working with that wasn't really going well for us. I just switched it to the template that's the Vermont School Board Association's sample template. It's very standard. Yeah. Uh, it mirrors what most folks are doing in the state. And just that simple structure, I think, has helped us a lot with um, adding that predictability and um, allowing for, you know, more of a efficiency in the meetings. So where the school board is going, um, our first, my first year on the board last year, we had um, a lot of school board members step down who had been serving for a long time. We had our superintendent retire. Pretty much the most uh, important job a school board can do is uh, hire our superintendent. So we had our, our superintendent as interim for a while. We hired her as our permanent superintendent. That's, I think, the proudest success that I've had is um, making sure we had a permanent superintendent and supporting her in our, our first year. She's been doing great things um, in terms of hiring a bunch of new folks. We have new uh, administrators in all of our school buildings um, and in central office. We had to hire new folks in our uh, business office. So even just getting that hiring and management has been really important and we've been in the school board very reactionary to these big things on our agenda we had all three negotiations of um, our union contracts last year we're, we're still doing one but um, we were spending a lot of time on that in in year one so this year now we have the space finally to do some proactive strategic planning and the biggest thing on our on my radar is um, infrastructure needs, enrollment, high over-enrollment, over-capacity in our elementary schools, and then thinking about our facility needs and how that aligns with South Burlington's climate action plan and how if we're going to be renovating our buildings or building new buildings, how does that align with um, energy efficiency and climate resiliency at thinking about, you know, the flooding in our state? How do we have a South Burlington community space when that happens in South Burlington. So that's some what's on our radar. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick two-minute break. If uh, the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline is open, give us a call. 888-414-0303. We're talking with... 40303. Call now, because this is The Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody, where we are continuing our discussion now with the 
chair of the South Burlington School Board, Kate Bailey. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline's open, 888 and we'll go right to it. Good morning. You're live on the Morning Drive. Good morning. Uh, could you describe uh, your efforts over the past year to dismat- dismantle systematic white supremacy in the South Burlington uh, School District? Sure. Thank you for that question. Uh, so one of the reasons why I ran for school board is because um, I've done a lot of uh, anti-racism work and uh, anti-oppression work in my back, my professional background in health policy. Um, my background is in HIV AIDS advocacy and um, I'm queer and involved in a lot of um, LGBT rights organizations, which um, are not necessarily uh, dismantling white supremacy, but I, we always hope work in that end. And so one of the um, reasons why I'm on the board is so that we can work towards um, taking racism seriously in our schools and um, supporting our students of color in particular. And, um, you know, the job as a school board member is not to be involved in the operations and the day-to-day what's happening in the ground, but it's really at that policy and um, strategic planning level. So that for me means um, right before I was elected in March, we the school board before me adopted our equity policy, which has a lot of um, data metrics uh, to make sure we're we're paying attention to um, students who have been historically marginalized and how they're doing academically, socially, emotionally. And so it's my job to um, monitor that policy and hold us accountable, make sure that the the district is um, tracking that data and then responding. And um, another way that we are working to dismantle white supremacy, I'm I'm hoping, is by, um, you know, we're a fairly non-traditional board. Everybody on the board right now works full time. Um, A lot of us are actively parenting and just sort of breaking down. And we're formally chaired by a woman of color. Um, A lot of the board structure and public elected official structure feels um, like it's often catered to folks with a lot of privilege. And um, one of my goals is to make our meetings and to make our policies more accessible so that folks who are um, people of color feel comfortable running for the school board, being on the school board, and um, hopefully, you know, work for our district, be retained and and stay long term in our district. And then our our students are supported, um, you know, as they go through our district. So, all right, let's uh, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes, good morning. Um, you know, it's, it's typical in areas across the country. Progressives on school boards, um, they look at parent involvement as an obstacle. They uh, don't think the parents really should be involved in what's taught in the schools. Um, they push back against it. Uh, do you share that view? Yeah, that, that's also a good question. Thanks for, for calling in. So uh, I see that parent involvement is um, a critical uh, step to any decisions that we make on the school board, particularly because we're looking at the, um, we are sort of the bridge between the district and the community. Um, I think it's very important for for parents to have a voice. Uh, we've been thinking about and considering the question of moving uh, fifth graders from the elementary school to the middle school, and that's where um, our board has been very engaged with parents in particular, and I think that that's a, a, an example of where we want to hear from parents who actively have fifth graders or elementary school, and it will impact you in the short term, but also 
um, you know, parent engagement in the long term. We also have a lot of uh, parents on our school board who are actively parenting. And I think that the pandemic has um, made it really hard. You know, parents are dealing and, and students are dealing with mental health crisis, social, emotional, behavioral issues. And so having parents engaged in um, all of those decisions is really important. Where I sort of draw that line is when it comes to areas where, um, you know, I'm thinking about curriculum and what's happening at um with our teachers and professional development, our teachers are the experts, our librarians are the experts. They have, uh, they've gone to school for this. They're getting the regular professional development. So that's where I think I defer and trust our experts, our educators. So if parents had concerns about the curriculum, Mm -hmm. you don't think that's an area they should be involved in? So I think making sure that we are compliant with our state standards and, and, um, you know, thinking about uh, something like climate change. You know, I've had parents come to me and say, I want to make sure that my kids are learning about climate change in school. I think that's a that's a really valid um, issue. And so my job is to um, check in with Violet, our superintendent, and say, hey, are our kids learning about climate change? And she, um, she talks to the experts, she talks to our teachers, she's brought um, our uh, science teachers to our school board to present and say, you know, this is being addressed, this is what we're talking about, and and sort of sharing that bridge through our school board meetings so that parents and community members uh, have a little window into what's happening in the schools. Should we be careful, though, that there's no political agenda that's being foisted on kids in schools, like only one opinion and not the other opinion? Absolutely, and and that's why we trust and defer to our our teachers and um, our librarians. what our students are reading is, has come up for me um, on the school board. Parents have reached out to me and, and that's where I say, you know, our teachers and, and educators and librarians are the experts. I want to give them as much um, agency to teach best practices in our classroom. And um, I talked with our um, executive director of learning about changes in our literacy curriculum. We've had um they're implementing a structured reading practice, which is really evidence-based and, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like a policy and a structure about the way we teach reading. That's where I engage uh, as a school board member. I don't engage on, um, you know, how what books the, the students are reading and, um, you know, the decisions of what's in the library because I, I trust our librarians and our educators to make those decisions. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Morning. You do have to make it a pretty make your question pretty concise though, because we're just about out of time. Okay. So um, my question is: uh, school boards are like board of trustees. Um, board of trustees are um, accountable to their stockholders, and um, so school board school board should technically be primarily responsible to parents and the community. But yet, I see in a lot of situations where school boards are are responding to the superintendent, and the superintendent has um, too much control, and it shouldn't be like that. So I'm wondering um, about the speaker's thoughts on that concept. Thank you. And, and Kate, I apologize, but you got to also keep your answer. Keep short. Yep. Yeah, keep it short. Um, so we have a accountability metric through our elections. So uh, I'm up for re- for re-election in March or, you know, that's when my term are, ends. Are you running? 
Uh, I, I plan to. Yeah. I think it would be good to have some continuity on the board. So, um, and I and uh, to the caller's point, real quickly, uh, I, I do think that 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 some sometimes it feels like some boards, from the perception from the outside, that the superintendent is calling the shots and the board is rubber stamping it. Do yeah. you feel that's happening in South Burlington? I mean, we we hired our our <laughs> superintendent. I don't think that that's what that's um, what's happening. We hold her accountable. We ask for um, monitoring and data to make sure that we have the the raw data to monitor the policies. And um, ideally, we have a great working relationship so that um, we're all moving the, the district forward in the same direction. Okay, I want gotcha. to apologize. I want to get yeah. this last question. Someone texted me again. Give me a quick, quick answer to this if you can. I will try. How have the school district relations with the city been going regarding the old City Hall, traffic around schools and school safety zones. Oh, boy. In te- 10 seconds or less. <laughs> Can you give that um, a quick answer? Yeah. So our, our city is changing. It's developing um, rapidly, particularly in city center. And I think that's great. I think if development's going to happen in Vermont housing, it needs to happen in South Burlington. I uh, moved here from New York City. I'm happy to live in a, a more urban community. And I want to make sure our schools and our students are prioritized in that development. Um Young families with kids are the mo- the high most um, growing demographic, and so um, our our schools, particularly Rick Marcotte, who's right in city center, we want to make sure that um, that principal has a seat at the table. Those uh, bus drivers, as traffic and construction happens, are have a seat at the table, and. Um, so we want to make sure we're working together as we change as a community. Kate Bailey, thanks for being chair of the of the 